Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's episode 38 of Play Games, Lose Friends. This is Ryan here with Ken, as always. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing tonight, pal? I'm doing amazing. How about yourself? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh-huh. I, uh, you're watching playoff baseball. I'm watching regular season hockey. Okay. The fall sports are, are in swing. Uh, sounds like the Phillies are doing quite well so far. So yeah, cracking homers. It's very nice. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch. Uh, they've been good for a couple of years now. It's kind of weird because normally they go in and out from success, but when you pay Bryce Harper thirty million a year, anything can happen. Yeah, well, he's worth every home run. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that he always has a beard. A yep. Fellow bearded man, I respect that. He must take good care of his beard too for thirty million a year. So we've got some games played. We're going to talk about Old King's Crown. We got a second play in, so super excited to talk about that. That was really fun at four players with some different folks this time around. And you managed to retain the title of champion thus far, although it was on a tiebreaker. So we'll talk about that little detail later. We'll dump, <laughs> jump into played list. Yeah. No, it's, it's legit. Well, it's legit. I know. I know. I know. But you know me. <laughs> And then we'll, uh, yeah, yeah. If you don't win in dominant fashion, it's not really much of a, or even <laughs> eke it out, but yeah, ties don't yeah. sit well. Uh, we have our top five want to play list. We've got shelves full of games that we have just added to and, and dabbled on more in over the last year or so, but there's still stuff sitting there that we really want to play. So we're going to talk about f- our top five of those with an honorable mention as per the custom of this show. And then we'll talk about a brief back bot list and we'll end the night. So why don't we dive right in with what we're drinking? I'm going to go first because I want to talk about this beer. And really, it's going to be a brief description because it's not very good. I got a, a case of Dab. I never heard of this before. I never saw it. But apparently a, Ger- a German import or wait, Dortmunder export from Germany. It is like a, a German Dortmunder gold style beer. All natural draft quality, it says on the can. Ooh. I have th- like 30 of these pounder cans to drink, and boy, do I not like this beer that much. So I need to figure out how I'm going to choke this down, or maybe I'll just donate the rest of the case to Goodwill. Is that a thing? I don't know if well, that's it, a thing. Probably not. You have to drive it to a local college and leave it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, the Goodwill. Looking for a new home. I'll get a yes. little basket with a blanket. We'll just yeah. wrap it up. Wrap it up like Mowgli from the Jungle Book. Yes, exactly. Someone will find a good home for my dabs. But uh, yeah, usually when I ask people for a dab, this is not what they expect. And really, this wasn't a beer I expected to in, uh, enjoy. In all fairness, right, so. in all fairness, they're not horrible beer. It's not horrible. No, it's not it's, a. It's not tolerable. Bush light. Stop. Or, uh, yeah, you know, it's not, yeah. It's not a not a rolling rock. Let's let's go down that rabbit hole there's there's some there's some bad stuff out there this is better than that but uh for for an import i don't know i don't really understand the whole import thing anymore like i know how imports work but i think it's all a lie what was the closest canada well that's what i'm saying it tasted much like a moose head like a canadian moose head it does it's it's like one of those beers where it's almost entirely made of corn but they don't tell you so you just taste you taste the rainbow of corn i don't know not very good uh but you know what i have 22 more to drink so (laughs) i'm stubborn i might just do it i might just do it you should that's dab how about you well i (laughs) i am 
uh, on my last of a four pack from uh, Funk Brewing. I believe we talked about Funk maybe last podcast or the podcast before. Uh, I happen to, I happen to be in the area last Sunday and we popped in for a cocktail before we came home since we had a babysitter and they didn't have it on draft or cold, but I took a chance on it and it was a session IPA called kindness is in session. It is a super light 4.5 IPA, which you don't really get yeah, IPAs light. that go that low. Um, I think no. the closest would probably be like the, the, the dogfish, uh, slightly mighty, which I think is a five. So yeah. this is very refreshing. Um, very tasty. Um, but I don't think they're going to make it again. It was just a, a very small batch session. But uh, glad I was able to snag a four-pack. And I'm going to be sad when it is uh, gone by the end of this podcast. <laughs> that is one thing I wish the, the in, that beer industry would do a little better is like – for those of us who have breweries that we're huge fans – maybe there's a way to do this. And so if you're a listener and you know, please email us at playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com and educate me. But like for for example, la I think it was last summer I got a, a sixtal of – a dog or no um pizza boy beer it was a summer log summer mexican lager salted lime lager it was oh, really was really so good, good and i loved it i only ever saw that one sixtal and it, granted like kegs are a little harder to get but like it would have been cool to know ahead of time like hey i can get this during this window there's going to be this many like the distributors yeah. around here there's a couple that have good websites with good inventory and then there's some that just have nothing but it would be awesome to get that from the actual breweries themselves to find out where they're going to send that stuff and then you can maybe like subscribe to a mailing list or who the hell knows what and be able to get some some info there for that small batch stuff so you can score it but it's just so hard to to predict where and when you're going to be able to get the things that you really like and then the ones like uh what you just talked about, or Victory used to have like a Cage Rattler, which was one of my oh, wife's yeah. favorite beers. They just stopped making it, and I don't. I, maybe the demand's not there, but like the demand was here in my house. I'd buy, I'd buy four cases of that just to keep it. Especially if I your know. wife likes it, that's a that's almost a guarantee you have to get it. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the best Rattlers I've ever had. I think, and normally they're like Pine Sol. Or yeah, yeah, sugar yeah. like they're just not. They're it's not like you good. got it. It's like you got it from under the cabinet of the sink, you know, like underneath yes, the sink. It has a Mister Yuck sticker on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dating myself there. That's Anywho, right. I, I got uh, your reference, pal. Funk's a good brewery. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. And the uh, so we were there on a Sunday, and it uh, it's definitely a Philly bar, uh, a Philly based bar. Um, it was rowdy. It was fun. They had a lot of good crowds, and the doors were open. It was great. I, I loved the atmosphere there. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, the one that, that was in Emmaus was cool when it was that's there, a, too. I, yeah, I that's what I'm it. saying, That the one in Emmaus. Oh, okay. That's where you yeah. were? Yep, yep, yep. Gotcha. Yeah, so that building used to be uh, Yergeef's Brewing, which oh, okay. has now moved on Main Street in Emmaus and into an old bank, oh. and they have, uh, you know, like basically the same thing as funk there so okay. they're both really good yergis is more european style but mm. it's still very okay. tasty all right now that we're done talking about our uh, second problem from <laughs> board games which is alcohol Back let's to the move first. to the main problem <laughs> yeah the real vice 
we've got some games played since last time we talked, but one in particular we're going to just start with because I think we're both excited to talk about it. That is old, the old King's Crown. This is our second full playthrough at four, and we switched it up a bit more this time. We had two different people playing that hadn't played before, as well as different factions for both you and I. So uh, why don't you... I'm trying to think how we want to recant our tale here. First of all, we'll talk. We tied. You and I tied. Yes, we t- we we it ended was, the evening fun. on a tie, and then, or so we thought. Well, <laughs> yes. Uh, since we've been, uh, I, I'll call it partnering with was it Eerie Idol and Pablo Eerie Idol Games, Eerie and Idol Pablo Clark Games, yep. and the fine gentleman Clark. who we interviewed last episode. Yes, the lead designer, lead. Lead artist. Um, I can only imagine it was Pablo that uh, responded to us on Twitter uh, after <laughs> I, I had so. posted on Instagram. This is the amazing part about the social medias and how that all works. But I posted uh, some graphics from the nobility side of the house uh, and explained that we ended in a tie. And turns out um, that I guess a tie is next to impossible based on how the game is designed and balanced. Um, it's actually, so it was an override or not an override. It's specific to your faction. So in other oh, words, oh, oh, if there's okay. a tie and the nobility holds the court, it's status quo and they win. Oh, okay. In other words, like the kingdom still rules or, or okay. the, the, the current tenants still rule. So you sat there at the end of the game, I think on your, Last round, you won the court back, if I remember correctly. Yes, I did and win the court because if we went another I think round, I had it before that. Or well, no, I had, did. yeah, I had gotten, I had gotten the court back, which got me to fifteen points right at the beginning of that spring. So I had to last through the round and hope to get more than fifteen in case it was based on who had the most points. And uh, neither you nor I. Well, I didn't score more than 15, and I believe you got up to 15 at the end, right? Is that how that, if I'm remembering correctly? Yep. Yeah. Because I, I got 15 in spring. Yeah, I got 15 in spring, and then you were at like, what, 11 going into that season? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, and then I just sent out all the murderers and yeah, scored a oh. bunch of points off of that. So, what is the red faction's name? I forget. The, un- uh, the, the uprising. The unfair. The unfairs. Is that what that is? <laughs> Is so that let, let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> hold on, hold so on. Let's- this is <laughs> this is our second game, and we're starting to learn the factions a bit more. So, I, I ended up getting the uprising, which I haven't played yet. I think Kirby played them the first game, and you got nobility, which I had the first game but didn't really understand. Um, and and you had the the gathering. So the why gather, don't you talk yes. a little bit about about what the difference was like we talked a lot last episode about the gathering sort of how they play yeah clue us on on how the nobility functions and like how you found that faction to play so because i i didn't unlock it you did i did yeah well i so after the last game and when we just sort of skimmed it was like oh i should have had the court right that's what you said the last time right you're like oh i probably should have got the court (laughs) except for Uh, i saw all my cards yeah i was like oh shit (laughs) so so for me it was like I had the card in hand that blocks that blocks a uh, you know the uh, I forget what it is the 
the shield card. I apologize. I'm still learning the, the nomenclature, but the card that will block a location from ever happening. So I had that in my opening hand and I was like, okay. So yeah, for me, the location. Yeah. The key to this now is I need to get that court, which means I need to unlock my character. So, uh, my so I went for when that you top say un- region. Unlock your character. You need the card that's the, in the your site of place the of site power, of right? yeah the yeah. site of power. Yes, I needed to yep. get to that because um, I think you remember you again. I remember at the end of the game, you're like, "Oh, this guy is awesome in the court. Maybe I should have had the court." Um, and then in looking at um, my one tactic, it was uh, every winter I could find a. And I apologize. I, I call them the bannerman. It's the, the little flag icon on the character. I could find one of them from anywhere in the game and put them into my hand. If I have someone in the court already, I could add somebody to the court. So looking at that tactic, knowing I needed to unlock my site of passage really quick, my site of power quickly, but knowing that the entire faction needs to own that court to really win, I took a big sacrifice. By losing my 11 off the bat, right? To go up there and unlock. Or maybe it was like turn three I did it, right? Because I had to unlock – I had to get someone in the court first and then move the site of uh, – the, the character from the site of power over. So it was like two or three turns. So I was looking at my first three rounds, uh, what was in my hand and what I needed to do to secure that court, um, knowing that every season you're just going to – rake in the victory points or the tax, right? Hence what the faction is. It's the nobility. Yeah. And they just that's a good way of winning on. It. Yeah. So basically and then it was like, okay, I could use the victory points I get to flip back over that tactic. Because it's only one victory point to flip over and then redo it again. So it's like, okay, so this clearly seems like what this character does. Um and I think I had it up to what five characters at one point in the court before I was uh, usurped in that area. Um, yeah, I had enough for your bullshit. Yes, but then, and I was at that point. I was at what twelve victory points when that happened. Yeah, I, I mean, you you sat there adding to that using your your tactics the correct way for that that faction and just pumping cards into there to generate more authority, which gave you more victory points every spring. And no one really tried terribly hard to push you out until we kind of noticed like, well, basically one more turn you win the game. And from there it kind of swung back. We, well, then I got stuff after you directly. Yeah. (laughs) I had, I had victory points stolen. I had, I had the court taken over and I'm like, well, okay. I've spent the whole game getting to this point and I've used a lot of my resources to get here. How in the blue hell am I going to get this back? Um, and I, I, it was just a matter of, I don't know if cards switched that I was allowed to win the court back again. Um, but I eventually got back into the court. Um, and then. The read, and then actually, it was the um, what is it called? The wilds is the green faction. Uh, the clans, the clans. Um, by th- by Joe picking that top region to go face up, it was like, oh well, I got this just by playing the guy that defends, uh, you know, and then blocks the location because you can't win that location. Yeah, there's nothing that could kill that guy. So I was like, okay, cool. That makes it easy for me. 
So, so that's where it sort of all worked out. And then again, thinking that we ended in a tie, which was fine, but, um, you know, we got corrected by, by our friends at Erie Idol and it turns out the nobility took it down again. Yep. So, yeah, I thought I had you. Um, and <laughs> I was weighing cause I basically, I, I finished the game with 15, but if I had switched one card, which I initially yeah. had in the right place and moved it later, uh, and then switched it back and then switched it back again. I would have finished with 16 because that one extra kill would have given me the one point I needed to finish yep. the game at 16. But because I switched that card and didn't get what I needed to, that was it. Um, but yes, that, that was the close game. I think that is way more indi- indicative of what an actual game of the old King's crown looks like with people who know what they're doing. Um, I felt like Brad, you know, kind of got guidance from us on how to play that faction, so that helped. I don't think either of us quite know how to play the clans yet, so we couldn't help Joe. I mean, we kind of yeah. know, like, you force ties and win the ties is, is kind of their gimmick, but um, we didn't get the chance to unlock his stuff. I did get the chance to unlock the Uprising Ugh. cards in the Sight of Power, uh, which Kirby is- did not do in our first game. And boy, howdy, are those good. They are uh, eight value bolster two. They assassinate, uh, I believe, crowns and banners. Uh, they're just really, really good. And every time they kill something, they generate a victory point. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't really stay competitive in that game until I unlock those. But once I did, oh um, my god, you were—you had one victory point when I was sitting at eleven. Right. And then you unlock yeah. the site of power and automatically you were just like raking in, you know, sort of like the bounties, right? They're almost like bounty hunters, right? If you kill somebody, you get their bounty, right? And it was, yeah, I could not on top believe of that, the bolster was, and then the eliminate, like, come <laughs> and their power eight. That's, yeah. And, that and feels, you're oftentimes increasing your power for oh your, my God. your, uh, well, yeah, you've got the what? Plus the, two for every card. Yeah, the revealed, right? The reveal tactic for plus two. Yep, yep. For the first, and then card, you what flip was every every clash? So, I think the key to this one, though, too, was you also had uh, some good synergies with your kingdom cards that you picked up from the old road. I right? did, or from the great yeah. road. Sorry, right? What was yep. what were those cards that you picked up that was allowing you just to really start sort of owning the land? So that that faction benefits immensely from knowledge, like knowing what your opponents have, being able to look at their cards or their hands. I had one that basically let me look at other people's hands called the skeleton key. So I kind of could forecast a little bit from the player that I'm concerned about what they're going to play the next round when we place in the summer. But then I had some others that let me sort of look at stuff that was down and be able to switch out one of my cards with another card I had already placed. And so... When you're playing a faction where assassination is really important, like I didn't lose my assassin that whole game. I think most of the factions do because they end up playing their assassin at a location where a shield is and it ends up getting eliminated because it's vulnerable. I was able to kind of just find out where it was safest to play it. Those uh, um, cards that you unlock from the site of power for the uprising, however, don't have vulnerable. And so you can fearlessly continue to play those wherever you want. And they don't go bye bye unless somebody you know does something spectacular that I don't even know about. So information was really really huge. And then the other card you you mentioned um, from the the kingdom cards was 
I ended up picking one that was a winner action that had me completely discard a tactic, like burn it from the game, one of my four tactics. And to do that, I would immediately get to activate my site of power and I would have three quest points. So basically I was able to just unlock my, uh, my murderer's row by just losing yeah. one tactic. And that seemed just incredibly powerful for what it did for my faction. Cause that turned the game around for me. I think if that didn't come out, I would have had a harder time getting it unlocked because a lot of the quest value cards that exist for red are fairly low power. And so you have to really burn a lot of your skill, your tactics and some of your other stuff to be able to get them strong enough that they can win that top region and be able to get into the, uh, the questing area. So I think the kingdom cards fill a gap in the game for power curve for some of the factions, but they also just provide some insane abilities that just make no sense in the grand scheme of the game. But once you get them and you apply them during the game, they start to become really fun and interesting. It's finding, it's finding the synergies from the old road kingdoms that make your faction feel overpowered. Like for example, most people, when you remove, when you get kicked out of the court, will go to the discard pile. I picked up a, uh, a kingdom card off the, uh, the great road early on, and I don't think anyone realized it, where if I get removed from the court, my cards go to my hand instead of the discard pile. So that is also how I was able to really yeah, come right amazing. back and fight for the court, for the court to win the game. If I did not have that card, you would have definitely won the game. Because I would not have been able to recuperate that fast with all what I have six cards in the in the yeah. in the discard yeah. pile from the court. Yeah, so that's that's I think the 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 amazing part about this game is you know how to once you know how to play your faction, you're gonna play it to the best of your ability. And then you're gonna find these almost like augments that can really just strap a rocket to your faction and then it's off to yeah. the races. And if you don't stop some somebody over the top for you. Yeah. If you, but if you don't stop someone that has that rocket, you you're, it's going to be over. It's going to be really hard. Yeah. I think the we gathering really has the best shot. I think the gathering has the best shot because they're sort of a slow play faction anyway. But if you get, if they get too far ahead, I don't even think you can catch up from the gap with the gathering, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think we, I was going to say we, we haven't really had it yet where we're starting to target individual players as much. And I, I think, feel like this game, we did a little bit in the first game, but the second game, we did it more with you, but I can see like drafting some of those kingdom cards, you know, as a back pocket type thing to control things getting out of hand and i can see the inverse which is what we saw in our game which is those are like your enabler for your faction to yeah. all of a sudden just go ham so i think well, there's a really good balance of stuff in there and there's a lot of supplementary ones too that are like all right well i can use this for a little bit and i'll get what i need out of it and get rid of it and get something else because long term this isn't really part of the strategy there's a lot of those like I, stepping stone cards in there which i think is really cool agreed and i think uh once as a player you know and understand all four factions at their core, at their base, and you see somebody draft or, you know, win a card from the old, from the great road, you're going to know immediately the power that is going to be 
enhance from that faction. And then I think stealing people's kingdom cards is going to come into play more. I don't yeah, think we, we realize that yet. Much. We have. I don't think we've seen it many at all. So yeah. it's more of just. But I. But I. Because I don't. I don't think we understand yet all the details and all the intricacies of some of the kingdom cards or the yeah meeting the faction that they get paired up with. Yeah, which we're going to learn as we play. Like, there's no way absolutely, you can get it all absolutely. right off the bat. No, I mean, there's but, so many cards, right? Yeah. And, um, and the other part of it, too, is like at the stage of the game which you get it can change things, too, I think. Which No, agreed, agreed, dynamic. agreed. But those assassins, that's that, they feel so OP. <laughs> <sighs> I well, mean, that's the, the, bolstering, thing, though, like, the bolstering on top of the killing, on top of an eight power card, that just feels... That feels like a Look, lot. They're uprising. Okay? They're uprising. Just, they they, they, they got to rise up. Now, clearly, you know, Pablo and team have been playtesting this game for five years. They're not OP. But <laughs> yeah. the first time seeing them in their fullest yeah. glory, which I think they you did an so excellent good. job, I was like, how, am, how, who, how do you compete with that? That's insane. That's yeah. that's a bolster. It is bolster three, right? Two, two. That's still a lot. Yeah. That's still yeah. A I mean, lot. if you play them, three, there's three of them. If you play all three of them <sighs> onto each region, they're ten power apiece. And that's the and thing: people move cards around, and all you're doing 12. is. <laughs> but I'm saying, if even when people swap cards, it's like, oh, you're gonna move my level ten assassin around the other level ten assassin. Okay, good yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like that's insane. But, the other thing, though, too, like I was using – I mentioned a big part of their faction for me that game was open information or cl- closed information yeah. that no, I could agree, get access agree. to. If you had that against me, that makes me a lot less powerful – more powerful in you know the summer and yeah, uh, Clash Revolution true. in the autumn. And so I thought that, that ha- me having those cards kept you guys from having them, which kept me able to – know where you're going and you have no yeah. idea what I'm doing. And that was a super beneficial to that faction. So I, I freaking love this game and I can't wait to play more. Um, I think we're <laughs> going to get one more session in next Wednesday. Um, and we might record, uh, you know, thoughts from some other, other players after that, just to hear from some other folks about what they think. And now that they've played it once, we should have a better matchup. We might switch the factions up just so we can have some more variety, but I uh, this game's so good. I, I can't wait to play it again. I really think once this campaign hits, they're going to do extremely well. They're going to fund, no doubt. I think this is going to be one of the games of, of 2023 by the end of the year. I really do. Like, or sorry, 2024 by the end of the year. As soon as this yeah. gets out into people's hands, it's at retail, and people play this and see how easy the game flows, how mechanically sound it is. The rules are tight. The factions are balanced. There's so much counterplay and interplay in the game. Yeah. Their strategic depth, but not so far as to be, you know, crazy to the point where it's unmanageable. Factions being switched is great. Whatever expansion they create is going to add even more craziness and mutators to it, like Pablo mentioned in our interview last episode. Like, the sky's the limit. I really think this is going to end up on a lot of people's game of the year list. I think it's that good. No, I I, I could not agree more. And I think, um, you know, to, to to our listeners and audience out there, uh, October 24th is right around the corner. I think, uh, we would have backed this game regardless of playing it and, and receiving, uh, the press prototype. Um, but the fact that we do have it gives us access to play it more and love it every, you know, every time we play it, I love it more and more. 
Um, yeah. And it's not just the because game- I, I'm 2 and 0. I think it does, you know, to, to your <laughs> point, right? No, to your point, like, it's so accessible. If you have played any game and any game that you love, this takes that piece that you love from that game and then gives you all the other pieces from the other games that you love all in one. And it does it so well. The ang- the, the, the turn angst, the tension, um, the strategy, the tactic. Yeah, I, I mean, it's tension. chock full of all of that. You know, the hand management, the deck management, the cre- you know, it's the deck. Pretty building is mild, but oh, and then the art, my god, the art! Oh, yeah, um, it's such a. I just got a good table presence. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, I did get to see uh, they released some of the art today of the solo faction that you go up against. Yes, we just missed getting that. Oh, it looks like you're fighting this like almost like Hoopa from Pokemon where like the one card is just the right <laughs> arm and then the other card is going to be like the left. So I just cannot wait to see the rest of this art. I'm so excited. Yeah. Same here. I know it's going to be wrapping up soon. Uh, and then they'll continue into the, the Kickstarter after it's launched to, to wrap that up. But like finished product, it's going to be just yeah. one of the most beautiful games out there in my opinion. But if you think about you, what, how, what you and I both look for, uh, in, in a board game at like surface level, right? Surface level, a Kickstarter campaign comes out, right? I'll send you a link. More than likely, I'm sending you a link because I think the art is amazing, right? That's what I look for first. Yeah. The art has to be amazing. And then you, you'll send me a link because of the tactical and strategic nature of what you're reading or what you've read or what you've watched. And then you'll send me. And if you think about this game, Old King's Crown, I, it would have been like on, on Tuesday the 24th. I think you and I each would have sent the link to each other simultaneously. Me for, because of the art <laughs> and you because of, you know, what you read and how it plays and, and, and what you've read about how it plays. Right. <clears throat> so there is no doubt in my mind we would be owning this game, you know, down the road. 100%. There's no doubt. Yeah. Yep. But we were lucky so, enough to get a press prototype no, and play it. Absolutely. And we're going to so keep thank playing thank you again. And, oh, Pablo, thank you. Yeah. Thanks to Eerie Idol. We'll be talking about uh, this a little bit more yet and continue to plug away at the uh, the Kickstarter. Definitely going to be part of the backing crowd and hope uh, hope you listeners check it out too. October 24th, it launches. A couple pledge levels. Make sure you, you tune in on Kickstarter and, and see if this is for you. We talked a little bit last game. It's not for everybody, but I think – this is for most board gamers. It's for most board gamers. Not inherently this is, mean. It's not the this nicest is a gamers, game, but it's this is a gamers good. game. This is a gamers game. Yeah, that's a good way to put. Um, it. You know, if you're a board gamer, this is your game. Yep. All right. Now that we've gushed some more about <laughs> the old king's crown, and we'll continue to do so as we get more games. And let's talk about the other one that we got to play together. Could you we possibly have, have more gush? But I think we could. I think we got more gush to squeeze I, out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could talk about that game for a couple hours, honestly. I'm so excited. The more we play game. it, the more I'm going to unpack that, that yeah. too. So, um, You stopped by a couple weekends ago, and we got to play Undaunted North Africa. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, that's the North first Africa. Undaunted game either of us have played, which is a damn shame considering uh, Trevor Benjamin and David Thompson designed it. And they are designers of one of our all-time favorite games, War Chest. But we got to play. Um, we got one scenario in to kind of get introduced to the game and the rules. And I think we both enjoyed it and want to play more. And you want to uh, talk a little bit about 
you know, how that playthrough went for you and what you thought of the game. Yeah, I think it, well, number one, I don't know why they don't demand player aids in the games that they make. Uh, that can, I much like go that route first. I had to, I had to do it first. I had to say it first because I love their design. I love their games. I do not like that it tests my memory on a, on every playthrough when it comes to uh, like what war chest. What does this faction do? What do I have to do? I know it's simple. There's only three things, but still having a little sheet of paper next to the game is just so important. And this was very yeah. similar. Um, there were cards in your hand. Uh, so anyway, so I'll, I'll take that off the table. I apologize, but definitely make sure you have player aids moving forward in your games because you guys design amazing games and I love the intricacies of, of the different, you know, characters and the different factions or the different, whatever it may be units, but having that on a sheet, is just, it's so key. Um, but basically this was, um, I sort of felt like, um, a little more like, like, how do I put it? It's definitely has similar war chest vibes, right? Where yes, instead of sure. having individual units that were unique, you had individual units that had like two to four unique powers or abilities or, or actions, right? Um, and it definitely, it's got the grid, you know, it's a different grid. Um, but it's, it's definitely tactical, like War Chest. I'm a little nervous, you know, that maybe we got one of the rules a little miffed, but, but it did tell you in the campaign, hey, if you're this faction, don't have all your guys killed, because that's the only way you can win. And what did I do? I got almost all of them killed except for one. So <laughs> they warned me, and I still did what they told me to warn against, but. To be fair, I was rolling hot. You were rolling something fierce. Um, yeah, like but, seven, I need sixes and sevens and eights on a regular basis. Uh, on what a ten sided die, like yeah, I'm hitting. Yeah, it was I'm hitting the payload or pay dirt every time. Yeah, um, I, I think again, it, it, I thought a lot of what I saw was great. I I want to play more of it. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't like, oh my god, let's put this away. Like I wanted to keep going because there's a like a seven scenario campaign that you play through. Uh, in the Undaunted series, specifically on this one. Uh, and I just wanted to play more. All it did was just wet my appetite and like, just make me want to play more. It's got the, yeah. the things I think we love from War Chest with a different theme. I do like the mission, uh, objective sort of style of this version of it. It would be like, it's almost like, uh, like an adventure war tactics in a way. I guess is the best way I can yeah. put it, you know? Um, so I like, I like it and, Owning both, I think, is fine because what you get in the one does not exist in the other and vice versa. So uh, I, I think yeah. it's a fantastic series. I've, again, I don't own any of the other ones, which is weird because usually I go all in on stuff when it comes out with expansions and standalone expansions and stuff. But, um, but I really liked what we saw. Yeah. I, I was, it felt like war chest with cards to me at first. In fact, I think I even said that, but. The more we played, the more it, it, it diverted from that or, di you know, took a different path. I'm not one for military theme games, like historical stuff doesn't really tickle my fancy so much. And I think part of that is your same Euro problem in that the theme and some of the execution is just like boring. But I didn't feel that way with this one at all. I thought the gameplay was actually pretty exciting and interesting. I was a little yeah. surprised that dice, 
is a part of the combat resolution. Like, uh, but then I was thinking about him, like, how else would you do this in sort of a, a quick fun way to keep the focus more on the strategy and not so much on like the RNG that's out there from cards or dice or whatever. Um, it helped that I was rolling really well. I, I felt like I didn't really have a plan strategically. Um, when we played that first scenario, it was just kind of like, let's see how this goes and see what the units do. And that suppression fire that you can put down from the machine gunners is really great. Yes. Um, scouts being able to sort of reveal sections so that you can move into them is cool. Like I think the rule set's really solid. There's a great foundation there. I'm really curious to see like it is with most games like that, where there's multiple scenarios in a campaign, how it plays out over the long run. Um, yeah, because well, you and just I'm, scratch the surface, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. And I'm curious how some of the other entries in the series play in comparison to this. So I would definitely play it um, a lot more. I don't normally uh, – normally I'm not okay with just playing like military-themed games. Like it's not that I outwardly hate them. It's just like the theme doesn't grab me. But I was kind of like leaving that game wanting to read – the books in the box about like what this conflict represented and yeah. learn a little bit more about the history and are the names of the characters on the cards, like actual people that part- participated in any, you know, specific battle. Cause I know David Thompson is a history buff and does tie yeah. a lot of history into his games, which we'll talk about with when we meet with David. Uh, that's right. We're interviewing David Thompson early next week. And so next episode, hopefully we'll have him on as a guest and talk a little bit more about undaunted the series as well as war chess, but I, I I dug it. It was a good game. I want to play more at some point in time. It's easy to say when we have so much other stuff on, on our uh, shelves and we're about to talk about five that we really want to play, but Undaunted's on my list of stuff that I think we should tackle in the not-too-distant future. I agree. Uh, what else did you play? I know you said you had one other that you played away from away from me, you hussy. <laughs> well, I cheated on you with my own family. <laughs> so, um, Oh, that's but, the worst. Uh, <laughs> um, I forget what it, what night it was. We just decided, you know, there was, maybe it was a rainy day, I think. And we were like, you know what? Can we please play a board game? Let's put the devices down. Let's turn the TV off. And can we just seriously sit down and play a, a board game? And, um, there's a small list that my son will go to that I will just be like, yes, let's go. And, he didn't really beat around the list of things that I was like, Meh, maybe not. And just came right out of the gates with one, uh, called trekking through history. And uh, I think we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, a few episodes, well, maybe last year when I got it, my son likes it. My wife likes it. It is easy to pick up. It's simple to learn. It's, it's just, it's, it's a little bit of randomness to it, like how the cards come out and where they fall on this board when you draft them to your timeline. But each card is a piece of history where something happened and you're trying to make the, the longest, you know, a long, uh, uh, as long as you can timeline of, you know, from the farthest in the past to the most current. And when you can't necessarily draw a card, Maybe you could take a bonus, like a, there's like a generic card that still adds to your timeline and hope that something comes back around the next time. But the whole time you're doing it, you're also filling out this little, uh, sort of, uh, player board or a uh, little tableau where you're putting resources, uh, down these columns. And depending on how it's like, so it's like a little puzzle. So depending how you fill up, you'll get bonuses, you'll get extra victory points. 
Um, but at the end of the three, you do it three rounds. Basically, it's super fast. Actually, it's a very, pretty fast game. After three rounds, whoever has the most victory points wins. Uh, by the end of the third round, all you're really doing is just counting your, um, your timelines that you've made. And, uh, it turns out my son is pretty amazing at this game, or he's just super lucky. But every time we've played, he has won this game. I have never, <laughs> I have never beaten him at this game. Uh, and, and this was like by like 10, 15 points this last time. So, uh, I guess that's why he keeps wanting to play it because he's good at it. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh that's a cool game. I remember looking into it after you mentioned it last time, uh playing it with your son and your wife and I know there's like the trekking through the national parks or, and then trekking through history. History looked more interesting to me, but both of them seem like pretty cool games. Yeah, I know part of me wants to see if I should get some of the other ones, but I think they're so similar that maybe yeah. It's like buying the same game, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Might be worth trying. I don't know if they're out on like digital platforms like TTS or anything like that, but it might be a good place to try it out. Um, I got one in with my family too. So it was my birthday this weekend and I forced them all to play a board game for my birthday. And I was going <laughs> to nice. play Meadow with my wife. And the gift son. that keeps on giving. Yes. <laughs> a dad who's obsessed with board games that no one in the family wants to play. My daughter volunteered Potion Explosion as one. Uh, she really likes that game, and actually the whole family does enjoy it. So the four of us sat down. I haven't played it in probably uh, – it's got to be almost two years now. I bought a like a, a wooden insert to repli- – or it's not an insert, a wooden tray to replace the cardboard one that comes with it that the marbles go in, uh, which works so much better. That thing was so flimsy and, and crappy. It just started falling apart from playing it so now, many do times. You have the, do you have the Simon version? Do I believe? Okay, I don't know. And it's still because I know Simon had a version at one point. Yeah, I think they they had the very first version. I'll have to look. I I think I do. I'm not sure, but I'll look. But uh, yeah, we had fun playing that. My I think my daughter won. We actually just played and didn't even do scoring at the end, which you know I had to count (laughs) it because I just couldn't do it without scoring because it's just not it violates principles for me. But my daughter won, so I was really happy. She did really well. Um, she had a fun time playing. We we gave her a lot of help, but uh, she also was kind of pinpointing stuff. And my son was sitting there just staring at the marbles, like calculating his next move <laughs> and talking everything out loud that he was going to do, which he yells at me for narrating my turns. But he was doing everybody's turns, narration and what's the optimal play. And I was so proud. And I'm like, God damn, I wish you liked board games and we played more because yep. your brain yep. is 100% suited for this. But that's a really fun game still, an awesome family game, very easy to play, very fun, very colorful, a little bit of uh, counterplay with some of the potions. It's just a really good, solid family title, and I'm glad I hung on to it this long, and I'm sure we'll play it again. It's just, who can resist brightly car- colored marbles, right? Like gizmos, potion yeah, explosion, gizmos. any game with those. <laughs> yeah, people love that stuff. So, All right. So we talked a little earlier about having our top five that we want to play. We have shelves full of games, some of them in shrink, some of them not. Some of them have been played once, and we really want to play them again. Some of them have never been played. And so we're going to talk about our top five that we own that we really want to get to the table, either towards the end of this year or sometime next year. I hope it's sooner than next year, but there's so much stuff to play. Dude, there's no way. (laughs) I know. (laughs) This is like – 
this is almost like uh, a fantasy draft. Our top five picks, if we could play board games, like every day, like what would we play, right? Like, or if we were guaranteed a day to play, what would we play? <laughs> so it's like a yeah, fantasy the, draft. <laughs> these are like the things that I have that I just. I really want to play more. And it's funny. I'm looking at one right now. I'm looking at my list and I'm looking at one straight in front of my face. And I'm like, how did that not make the list? Fall the mountain thing. <laughs> We've played it twice now. We kind of know the game. We kind of don't. It took us a long time to play the last one, which I think turned everybody it takes too long. To it. That's why we don't play it. I'm telling you, it takes, it takes too long to play. I, uh, That's why it doesn't I get I feel played. like if we played it more, we'd get quicker at it though. It's like any no, of those games that take no. too long. I feel like we can. There's something about that optimize. game that is not, does not, is not optimized for speed. Yeah, I don't it's, know. I don't know if I agree. I think we got to play it more. Okay, all right. <laughs> we got we to blow another five hours on for for what out it's which trolls die. <laughs> for what it's worth, I would take the Pepsi challenge with you. <laughs> a, I we're do playing love that board game. games. I I I don't hate it either. Yeah, I think there's a really cool game in there. I just I feel like we got to it, It's like this with so many of these, and we just that has them out. That has one of the best drafting tableau building pieces I of any game I've ever played. I love that part. I the rest too. of it's, you know, it's cool. But, like, I love that drafting of the little – what is it even called? The, you're, the you're almost drafting board. your – yeah, your ancestry board. And I love I love the um, the, the character selection where you, like, earn, earn the politics. Yep. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I love that. Like. That reminds me of Nidavellir, right? Because I love Nidavellir. Yeah. So it's like there's a. <sighs> and you haven't even played the Eidolon expansion, which adds no, named I need beasts animals. and I gods need animals. and Valkyries, and oh my god, the, the I need boar critters. is my favorite. <laughs> I need critters. excellent boar. <laughs> All right, so why don't we start with our honorable mentions? Why don't All you right. go first? All right, so um, I actually picked five games that I've never played. That are just sitting oh. in my collection, haunting me, taunting me, teasing me, just you know, just dollar signs dancing that I didn't get to <laughs> get to enjoy it's, yet. It's two dollar signs um, for eyes and a and a big frown underneath. <laughs> yes. However, my honorable mention is a game that we have played, and it is a game uh, that I most recently got the latest expansion for in the mail. I think a week ago, two weeks ago. I also posted about it on our Instagram, and my honorable mention is Arc Nova. I love Arc Nova. I am. I want to get this back to the table so bad. Those new action, you know, drafting action cards, so you're a little bit asymmetric. The new aquatic cards, Ryan. The stack of cards I put into the already <laughs> stacks of cards, like. Oh, I was so excited. I feel like this there's, has there's, to come the packs. Uh, <laughs> it should, but it will take forever. Just it's a long That's game. Okay. That's why it's, it's a long it's, game. Is it going to play up game. to five? Uh, That's no, the only thing. It only know. plays four. It only uh, plays four. All right, then. Yeah, it, it might be tough. Yep. Yeah. Good choice. And that's though. too. That's too long to make someone sit out. That's not fair or cool. Well, it is Kirby, so I mean, you know, who cares? <laughs> Sorry, or someone buddy, could just alpha, or someone could just alpha game one player, and it'd be a team of two. <laughs> yeah, I'll just make him like. Or you, or if you and, and I were a team, him. we'll just try to out quarterback each other, right? And then we oh. don't move, we don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, that'll just be that'll be a nightmare. 
we'll probably drink a lot to cope, so that's fine. Yeah, that that's a true. good choice. I, I'd but, like but, yeah. to play more of it. Yeah. Definitely. It, I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface of that game and it's like terra or terraforming Mars in that the deck is so massive that you we haven't yeah. even seen remotely anywhere near all the cards in that deck and what the kind of combos and shit are out there. So yeah, that's a good choice. My honorable mention is one of your favorite games of all time, and that is Hansa Teutonica. I want to play that damn game more. Uh, it's so mean, and I want to play mean games more often. I know you don't want to do, like, Euros <laughs> where you can't come back from and all this. Uh, like, I've been looking at Nucleum lately. I looked at Age of Innovation, all this. Like, Ugh, I want to play some of these games no. that are just cold-hearted sons of bitches that make you sad, and I love it. And I want to <laughs> unpack the strategy in them and just explore those games for what they are. So Hansa Teutonica, <clears throat> my honorable right. mention. And I know you hate that. <laughs> so I own I own one of those Euros in that vein. I know we talked we 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 had my uh on the couch or in the couch session, but I do own one and I actually bought it because it has a theme. And the theme is amazing. And which one is this? <laughs> this is a game called Rococo. Oh yeah, and it is about making uh, like almost like Renaissance dresses for uh-huh. for for men. And you women. bought and Rococo? I did not. I know own this. Rococo. I own Rococo, and I want to play it so bad. Just the theme alone. I'm, I'm gay, man. To have <laughs> to have grown men. Let's get some euros <laughs> on the table. Sit around and play this, but I guess that's another long one too. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's fine. So I'll do it. If a Euro has a an interesting theme, I can be persuaded. Well, so. I will look. Nucleum looked like an interesting one. Nuclear power in the ni- early 1900s. That, that seemed kind of cool. Uh. However, I was listening to a review about it, and somehow the nuclear power is transported to power buildings using railways. So that didn't make oh, any sense. Oh, gross. Yeah. Double? Uh, Railways are a turnoff for me. I don't know why. I don't. It's like there's a whole sect of people in board games that anytime trains there, it's just. I think it's those people that didn't have a train set, right? (laughs) They love, like, you know what I mean? Like, they never had a train set or never played slot cars. But I feel like it's the ones that had a train set but never had a Nintendo. Maybe I'm wrong. Like they just missed all the other creativity, and so the the locomotion. Engine is is it a locomotive engine? All right. Uh, what's your number five? <laughs> uh, so my number five is, uh, and again, I've talked about. Uh, 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 I guess everything on this list I've talked about in a backer bot section. So just so everyone's surprise there, we've talked about these <laughs> at some point. Um, but much to no one's surprise, uh, these haven't gotten to the table. Uh, and my number five is a trick-taking game-ish based on one of my top five movies of all time, and that is uh, American Psycho, the card game. I look at that cover because I have it standing up at attention and watching Patrick Bateman's blood-covered face every time I go into my game attic. <laughs> I just – I want to play it. I want to play it. And uh, – it does, you know, play a, a decent amount of people. So 
I either want to know that I wasted money on it or I want to know like this game is amazing and people are going to love it. So I don't think there's going to be a middle ground with it. If it's a trick taker, I'm on board. I'll try any trick taker (laughs) once. Uh, There's really no trick taking games that I'm not interested in at least trying, let alone playing multiple times. So, and the theme is great. Like that is one of my favorite (laughs) movies of all time too. And I don't know what that says about us as people, maybe more than we care to admit, or you guys should probably just tune out now before this podcast ends with the two of us killing each other with access to Genesis, but it's uh, it's probably going to be good as long as the mechanics are solid. So we should give that a try. Maybe that's a pack spring instead, because I'm sure it probably doesn't take that long to play. I would imagine not. Uh, my number five is another one we've played already, and that's the War of the Ring, the card game. That is another one of those games where the first couple plays, I was like, I see something here, but I also didn't terribly enjoy it. And the reason why I want to play this badly is because I want to find out if there is indeed something there or if I should just sell the game because I don't know if I'm going to find that thing that that keeps me entertained and interested. I love the theme. Obviously, War of the Ring is one of my favorite things ever. Um, Lord of the Rings in particular is you know, the grandpappy of all fantastic fantasy that's out there. And the choices are pretty juicy in that game with the factions warring against each other and how you use your cards. I feel like we haven't really explored that in enough detail yet to know if the game is is solid. Um, All the feedback out there on the internet and interwebs is pretty good on the game. So I feel like we just have to give it more of a try, but it's one of those ones when you take a look at your shelf and see everything else, the eyes are distracted away from that simple black box. But for me, that's something I really want to come back to at some point. So number five is War of the Ring, the card game. I think there's there's more there to be had. And I don't disagree with that pick. It probably should have been your honorable mention and pushed Hansa out of your list. But I, you know, but <laughs> no. I will uh, go Move with Hansa you on this up. One. No, no, no. Hansa shouldn't be on your list. But um, <laughs> I... I, I, I don't disagree with your comments. I think it gets, it gets a lot of fanfare. It gets a lot of high praise. And I didn't necessarily hate the game. I didn't even really dislike the game. I think there's a good game there. I just don't know how much of a good game is there from play exactly. to play. Right? Um, yeah. Like replayability felt like a big sore subject potentially there. So who knows? And if anything, it's almost like you almost want to do, like, you want to give yourself, like, some goals. Like, for example, like, I want to get out the, the horse with Gandalf, right? Like, you shadow almost facts. want to try to shadow facts. Right. Yeah, My sorry. God. You know what? We're I done. almost <laughs> Hang on. I almost, <laughs> I almost did Artax from uh, oh, Never Ending Jesus. Story. <laughs> Don't cross the street. <laughs> um, no, uh, but, like, that's what I'm saying, like. You almost be like, I gotta get that horse out there so I can get Gandalf with him. Like, just to see how powerful and amazing it's gonna be. But, you know, I don't know. I'm with you. I think there's, there, there's probably more there the more you play, but I, I, I just didn't see it in our first two plays. Yeah. It's, and it's one of those games that everyone kind of looks at and is like, eh, let's play that instead. And that kind of just yeah. sits. So if, if, and honestly, I don't want any of those games on my shelves, right? If it's something that everybody looks over the collection and says, nope, you know, it's never going to get played and, and there's no point in retaining it. So, but I want to play it. So we'll see if we get it to the table at some point. All right, so just let about? me know when Hansa gets that list so I can buy it off you so we never have to play it again. Oh. 
I'm not getting rid of that game's staying in my collection. That is one of the best Euros ever made. I'm not getting rid of it. I'm going to find a way to play it more, damn it. Oh, okay. Even if it's online without you. Se- Secret Gaming Group 3? All right, here yeah, we go. I'll just have – I'll find a bunch of Germans somewhere. And just, a, we'll, just a Hansa group. Yep. In fact, one of the guy's names will be Hans, so we can really yes. lock it in. It's going to be great. I'm going to have to get oh. – keep these cans of dab here for them. <laughs> Nice. All right. What's your number four? So my number four uh, was a was a Kickstarter uh, that got fulfilled earlier this year. It is a beautiful production. There is a lot going on in this game, and it, I, it's got a lot of different tactics and strategies that you can implore with it. I loved the art. I loved the theme, and just it's just too much of a game, I think, right now, which is why it has not seen the table. And that is Encyclopedia. I I backed this because of the theme. Uh, I, I really enjoy the the uh, sort of the animal aspect of it. I liked some of the mechanics that I saw, you know, uh, on how to play it, but I think it's just too it not necessarily too heavy, but it's it's a it's a heavier, I think more time consuming game. That got added to the collection as opposed to something that was maybe a little bit uh, quicker or easy to pick up. And that is uh, Encyclopedia. Yeah, that's another one that I remember you sending me and being like, oh, man, I'm excited to play that. And here we sit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. There's, there's, you know, you started describing your number four and, and the first like 20 words you said apply to my number four. My number four is ice. It's the same thing, yes. like beautiful production, just gorgeous, really cool board, really cool theme. There's a lot going on in the game, not too hard, not too crazy, but strategically deep, fun. It's been sitting on my shelf. I think I brought it to Joe's All Day Game Day as like a threat, like, hey, guys, if we have time, I'm going to make you try this. Um, <laughs> but we still haven't played it, and I really want to try this with our group of four. I think it would be a hit. I think it has tons of replayability. Um, it's just awesome to look at too like it's just a gorgeous game um but on top of that i think there's enough game there too so that's that's my number four almost exactly described the same as you it's just a kickstarter that came in this year and has just been sitting here waiting to get some attention and sunlight so hopefully both of those games get played at some point next year (laughs) i don't know when we need to start prioritizing i think i said to you we'll have to talk about this in another episode but i feel like 2024 is the year of uh, play it or lose it, right? We need to we need to get some of these yeah. games that we haven't played played to determine whether or not they're worth retaining. And if not, we move on, free up some space for some new stuff to be added over the years. Yeah. All right. It really it it really speaks to a game design or or a game production on um, something simple and fast and quick. Like I know I'm just using synonyms. But like quick and easy, low overhead to get into it. Like I don't know if that's just where we're at in our gaming life right now with the with, you know with families and and work yeah. and whatnot. I think that's but a big like, part of it. Um, I just don't know who's got time to play Arc Nova every other week. But that's amazing if you do. I, I'm jealous, right? Yeah. Or or hey, here's Encyclopedia and Ice for game night. We'll see you next week, kind of thing. Like that's. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, 
there's so many things that we would like to try in addition to some of the classics yeah. that we play on a regular basis. And yeah. you just need the time. It is what it is. Yeah, because I think an unplayed game is a potential future classic, right? That's the crazy part. That's in my what head, like to like think. Just, you know? <laughs> you know? You keep like, lying I to yourself. Find the next, we'll, we'll see. I want to f- – I want to find the next War Chest or the next Arboretum, you know, in these yeah. larger they're out there. games. But they're, they're out there. We just got to get time to play them. All right. What would you have for three? Oh. <laughs> Speaking of giant monsters, <laughs> uh, this is uh, was a Kickstarter from Renegade uh, that if uh, – I mean, I'm surprised it didn't get more buzz for the production value and, and how just – beautifully done and beautifully created this game is and that is my father's work where you are a oh, mad scientist dr frankenstein-ish creating your monster uh but not only creating yours and experimenting yourself you're also passing down knowledge through the generation so you're also having children and passing down knowledge i mean this box is just it's insane if you it, it, i, I want to play it there's so much cool stuff in there it's it's again it's campaign adjacent but just oh so beautiful and just such a cool unique theme i think it will hit the euro style that people like in our group while i won't hate it um because of the theme and the, the mechanics of it um but yeah my number three my father's work yeah i Ever since you got this, I wanted to play it. Um, that was one of the most insane looking productions of a board game I've ever seen. If I remember correctly, it comes with like little glass jars with little corks oh. on the top. Like, yes, you yes. talk about over the top production. This game like personifies it, but yeah. it supposedly this has makes a like very planet look like food chain magnate, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> like a prototype. I can't say yeah, prototype. Exactly anymore because we just got a press <laughs> prototype of the old king's crown that is puts old every king's prototype crown. i've ever yeah like oh, it's, it's nuts talk about the bar the yeah. bar is so high the bar got shot into the stratosphere and it's gonna <laughs> yeah. hover up in the in, in space for a little while um yeah i want to play that one really bad i don't again that's like another huge commitment type game but <sighs> yeah that's a day that's a that's a day like that game uh-huh. will take a a day because once you learn it, once you play it, you want to run it back and then there's your day. Yeah. It's, you know, playing that game twice. That's yep. your day. Yeah. And I'd mind <clears> wasting <throat> all day doing that. Cause uh, it'd no, be great. Believe me, it would be worth the, the money I put out for it to do that one time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you know? once. Just yeah. once. Uh, my number three is a game. We played a bunch already and boy, do I want to go back to that world. And that is oath. Uh, we spent, I believe eight Such games game. of Oath, uh, warring to see who'd be the next chancellor. And we finished off with you as the chancellor, much to your own disappointment, not of your own choosing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we haven't played since. And I loved that game. I still love that game. I desperately want to get back into that world. We have that sort of legacy light aspect of it where we've sort of crafted the cards that comprise, you know, what our world is. And we've got some beautifully illustrated uh, recounts of, of, 
battles past and victors and who the chancellor was and how they won and all that great stuff. There's a history there. And I just want to get back into that world again and, and explore it even more. I love the gameplay. I love Kyle's art. Kyle Farron's art is fantastic in that entire game. It has such a cool table presence. Uh, there's more to go, right? Uh, we're not done with it uh, by a long shot. And I just want so badly to get back into that world. And I know we have so many other legacy style games and, and campaign style games to play, but Oath is just so good and always at the top of my list. Um, and that's my I don't disagree. Three. Can't wait to get back there. I don't disagree. Um, and I still have the sketch of what I want to put in the Chronicle. And until we pick a, a time and place, it's not going to get done. So, <laughs> yeah, but I know what it's going to look like. Um, I'm so excited. I, I love that game too. Um, I, I, you want to talk about tension and, and turn angst. Like I love that. And that game is chock full of that. You don't know who's going to stab you in the back. Who's going to be cool with you. Um, uh, it just, yeah. and again, it, it's, it's great. so. It's a unique experience. There are no, there's no game like it. Nope. Um, that is truly in a world its of own its own thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my number two, unbeknownst that your number three was going to be a leader title. My number two is also a leader title title. And that is Ahoy. Oh my God. I knew you were going to put this in the list. I want to play this probably more than your we, number one. And I don't even know what your number one is. We, we, um, you know, after, uh, you know, interviewing Kyle, he, he sort of talks us a little bit about Ahoy. Um, I know you usually are the first person to buy a leader title that comes I out. I scoop their stuff up right away. Um, so I was happy that, uh, I was able to get this one <laughs> since, uh, you have Fort. Um, but, uh, this one, again, I've read the rules several times. I think we could get this one going. Pretty quickly. It's, it's like jokingly like root with training wheels, so to speak. Um, we horribly attempted to try root at one point many years ago. Uh, I think we both want to get back to there, you know, while playing Oath and, and looking at games like Old King's Crown. Like we want to get back to that asymmetric, uh, really cool, unique world of root that has just been expanded upon and expanded upon. And uh, Ahoy sort of gives you that sort of training wheels feel to that style of game. And yeah. again, you want to talk about art. Oh, Kyle's art is amazing in this. Uh, yeah. I love it. So Clam people, like all the mollusk <laughs> people. Like this, this yes, is 100% up your, up your aesthetic yes. alley. But 100%. yeah, like the, there's so. the game behind it is, is great. I'm dying to play this game. Uh, I feel like this. I said this already, but I feel like this has to come to the packs. Like, <laughs> I, I want to play this so bad, and I know you do too. You've had it so long. We still have not played it, and it's just one of yeah. those games that, like, we need to play. We need to do it. Yeah, so my number two, Ahoy. Excellent choice. Uh, my number two is one that I backed on Kickstarter. You guys sensing a theme here yet? <laughs> and that's Frosthaven. I cannot wait to start playing that game. I loved Gloomhaven. I'm looking forward to Frosthaven. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I've heard it's even better than Gloomhaven, if not a little bit more fiddly, but I don't care because I know what I'm getting into. I know what I'm diving into with Frosthaven. I also am looking forward to just having one of those sweeping narrative-driven campaign games that just eats you up and the puzzle of every level is enjoyable to me. The 
character retiring and unlocking new stuff is always fun. There's the city building aspect in this time. That's just, I'll dig my teeth right into that. I can't wait to play this. And this is one of those ones that I'm saying out loud and thinking to myself, yeah, okay, buddy, you keep dreaming. (laughs) You keep dreaming, son, and you'll get there someday. But man, this is high on my list. I really want to play it. I want to start a campaign. I just don't know when. I don't know with who, but it will happen. I hope at some point in the next year or so. I hope so. If not, I might just try soloing it because goddamn, I want to play that game. So number two is Frosthaven. It's sitting here staring at me and I'm ready. I'm ready, baby. That is an excellent pick. If not a little ambitious. (laughs) In in wanting to play it. Um, I had a New Year's resolution to play Osworn this year. It's October. Uh, <laughs> I want to play that so, too. <laughs> so, um, while I admire it making the list, we have to... And if we can find a way, I have an idea that I won't put in, her, in recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, no evidence? Yes. We don't need a paper trail for a scheme to play a board game, so... Um, just, just remind me this week. So, yep. okay. So my number one is, I th- is the newest edition out of all the, 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 the five plus the, well, the honorable mention. So the other five, this is the newest title. It's still fresh, you know, like a couple months ago, fresh. Smells of acetone and shipping yes. boxes. And... It is by our friends at Stonemeyer Games, designed by Jamie Stegmeyer, and that is Expeditions, uh, which is the Bring it to Pax. sort of uh, <laughs> sort of a, a cousin of Scythe. I don't want to necessarily call it a sequel, but it's sort yeah. of uh, definitely a second not. game, a second game set in the Scythe universe. You know, much like if you think of any game done by Thunderworks Games set in the role player universe, it's very similar to that style where it um you know it's a game in that world i of course had to get the uber metal mega edition so i know you want to hear these metal giant mechs clang across the board and (laughs) then you know uh, the 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 tableau character building you do i'm just so excited for it it's got that it just that i don't know it just feels like a very very typical Stonemeyer game, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, it does a lot of things really well, and I'm excited to play it. So yeah. number one, Expeditions. Very good choice. Uh, also pretty high on my list of things that you own to play that you bought in recent memory. Um, <laughs> yeah. you honestly, I've I've bought more games than you've forgotten, uh, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's that's easily. And that's a 100% true statement, too. I we even we played Scythe recently and it got me back into the game and oh, I was playing. I love that world. I love that world. I do too. It's it's so good. And although there's some like shots against Scythe for not taking advantage of the combat mech side of that world enough, maybe they do a little bit more of that in expeditions. I'm not so sure, but that universe is so much fun to be in when you're gaming. And I'm so glad they went back to that well for a completely different style of yeah. game. So. Yeah, very good choice. Very interested to get that one um, under our belts at some point. All right, I'll wrap this up. Number one is Food Chain Magnate. I bought it. (laughs) I still haven't played it. I've learned how to play it. I'm looking forward to playing it. I want to find out if this deserves to be kept because this, of everything in my shelf, and ironically, it's sitting right next to Hansa Teutonica. This is the meanest, most 
soul crushing game I think I own. You can literally lose the game on turn one without the expansion rules being included. Uh, you can't say that about too many other games. I just want to play this. I have never played a splatter game before, and this is definitely high on my list. I just want to play it. I want to find out what all the buzz is, why this is considered such a classic, why you know so many diehard board gamers think this is one of the best things ever created. So I want to put it through its its uh, trials and tribulations yeah. and through the ringer of our group just to see what we think and decide whether or not this is a classic I should hang on to or move this along to another home because it's just not going to fit in with us. But underneath it, you know, from what I've learned and seen of the game, this looks really fun. Uh, I think you actually are going to like it, uh, which normally I would not say <laughs> about these types of games, but the card play in this game is something I can see you actually getting into. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm pumped I, to try it. I have always wanted to play it. When you said you were going to get a copy, I was like, ooh, cool, something I don't have to buy. So I was happy <laughs> and yeah. uh, excited to try it. Um, it's all, again, much like yourself, it's been on my list. For but years. there are not a lot of people <laughs> that we've gamed with or uh, have gamed with in the past that actually own it. Yeah. Um, I know one other person. Such a, a niche, like a niche title in a way, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a. You said it's a gamer's game. This is very much a gamer's game. Like only gamers yeah. are going to pick this up because the presentation just looks awful. Yeah. I know they're doing a reprint where they're creating a nice facade for the game. And I'm sure a lot of people will jump in on that, but I have the OG copy and boy, is that a, that's an ugly little pig. Uh, <laughs> but underneath is Lip, know, supposedly one of the best a pig, heroes ever right? made. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one just. There's all mud. There's nothing but mud and dried poop. But hey, uh, it's it's something I want to try, and we're gonna we're gonna play it at some point. So we'll see. All right, that's gonna do it for our list. Uh, I'm sure there's we could talk about this for another oh. 45 minutes at a minimum. This could have been a top more. 20, Ryan. Yeah. This could have been a top 20. <laughs> I think the gist if is not that we just want to play games. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of yes. whether or not it's high on this list, we want to play more games. Um, uh, yeah. Let's hop into Backbot and then we'll close out for the evening. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. I finally got some campaigns backed. And I know I mentioned these last episode. Well, they finished in the last week. And that is Vagrant Song, uh, which created the Off the Rails expansion, as well as some other goodies that closed out. So I officially backed that. I just did the dollar because I'm kind of – there's so many add-ons in this one that I kind of have to pick and choose what I want. I'm definitely doing the expansions themselves, but there's some other cool stuff included in that uh, that campaign that I may add. And then uh, Deep Rock Galactic did fund. I was really turned off by the pricing for that. I feel like they're gouging people with this one, whereas they didn't with the, uh, the base game. I don't think prices have increased that much, and I know shipping costs are down uh, as compared to where they were during the dark <coughs> times of Ryan getting into crowdfunding for two years. But I ended up backing just the Space Rig expansion because I think that adds the most. The Biomes one didn't really, in my opinion, add a whole ton of stuff to the game that I was terribly thrilled about. And maybe I'll pick that up in retail later. But uh, that one also funded successfully with somewhere around $2.3 They did really well. Um, and so that will come next year. I think Vagrant Song is set to deliver or f start fulfilling sometime in like April of next year. I think they're really ahead of the game there. So, And then in terms of uh, purchased, I did buy a new trick taker. Uh, I ordered it yesterday off miniature, Mar or uh, sorry, Noble Knight Games called Orum, which is basically a four player 2v2 trick taker where you're trying to basically, I think you're crafting gold. 
it was like a, you know, a Midas's touch or an alchemist or whatever. Um, theming wise, not, not so sure about it, but I've heard a lot of good things about the gameplay. And so that will be coming hopefully within the next week or two. Um, and I'll test it out. Maybe I'll bring that one to PAX and we can play. We really love Cat in the Box last year, so maybe we'll get some other trick takers in. Aurum, maybe American Psycho. See if we can get some some more trick taking done at, at uh, PAX. That weekend. sounds so familiar for me for some reason. I just it's a new release. Why. It came out. Hmm. Uh, I want to say like two okay. months ago, maybe three months ago. It was around okay. Gen Con, I believe, is when it finally okay. went to retail. I might be wrong. It might be earlier than that. Um, it's like a black and white box. Cards are beautiful. Looks very fun. Got a lot of good reviews, so I'm excited to try it. And it was like twelve bucks, I think, on uh, Noble Night. So oh, nice, good deal. And I had the credit there, so even better. Uh, and that's it that. for me. Backed and bought, pretty short, but some substantial stuff on that list for me. I'm very excited to do uh, to do some more Vagrant Song, and super pumped to get Deep Rock started. How about you, pal? So I, and I don't know how many episodes I've been able to say this, but I currently do not have any backed campaigns it's becoming uh, more do frequent I see one nor do i see one potentially next week but we'll see what happens next time we record if something changes that um i've, I've definitely saved a bunch just to you know keep tabs on and, and keep an eye on uh, as they come to retail because they might be something i'd be interested in but i'm just i, I didn't back anything uh, at current and believe me there was things that you know i could have but i just was like eh yeah, you, know, you look at that top. I think actually uh, building the top five wanting to play list really helped me curtail my backing. This That's time good. Around. But purchasing wise, I did. I didn't go crazy by any stretch. Um, but there was an announcement made. Uh, I think between the last episode, like really right on the cusp of that last episode being recorded, um, of Renegade picking up the rights to publish and I guess distribute a game called The Veil of Eternity. And I, I want to say, like, I, I forget what crowdfunding platform it was on, but I feel like I... I saw it because it was interesting because when I, I watched the, the Dice Tower review of it, I was like, I was looking at that. Why didn't I back that? And I went hunting for it and I couldn't find it. And well, thank God Renegade picked it up because now Renegade is going to be publishing it. And with Essen just a few, I guess what well, just last week, right? They put the Veil of Eternity up for pre-order. And along with that, Renegade also... Again, you can't have a, a trade show without adding to your uh, stable or staple uh, IPs. So I ended up pre-ordering the G.I. Joe deck building game. It is the Silent Interlude expansion. I think that's going to be the fifth or sixth expansion to that game wow. right now. Um, so... Yeah, I actually already have another expansion pre-ordered that hasn't shipped yet. And now this is on top of that. So they're getting, they seem to be, sh what is it? What's the phrase? Uh, ahead of their skis, right? Stepping out ahead of their skis or whatever <laughs> it's called. I'm like, oh, okay. But it's one of those I have. I've been up to date. And uh so I, I just added to that. And the other game that I added to my cart 
they are doing a, a a pretty extensive clearance sale on the Renegade website. And <laughs> I don't know why. I think the, the price tag is what really <laughs> drew me into this title. But I also thought maybe it would be a good, fun lunchtime game. Uh, and it's based on a, uh, I guess, a, an anime cartoon uh, called uh, Agretsuko, which is a, a red panda who works a corporate job during the day. And that is awesome. I believe is a, and then I believe is a heavy metal karaoke singer <laughs> at night. Um, so this is a game called uh, Work Rage Balance. Um, and it's a card game, plays a lot of players. I thought thematically it might be fun playing it at work <laughs> since it's sort of a work, you know, that's the whole thing around this character is, you know, she works a corporate job during the day and then is this raging metal singer at night. So again, I thought it might have been cool, but it was $5. So yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> it might be awful, but it was five bucks. So I took a chance on it. So yeah. that is can uh can I, one, five dollars. I, I placed I placed one board game order since we recorded last. So <laughs> not, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I, I noticed this year and we said we were gonna do it is is be a little more selective and restrictive with what we do. What we buy, we've done a good job. Still had a lot come in this year for both of us. I think you more than me, generally yeah. speaking. But you know, we still oh, and we still pick stuff up this year. We're going to at the end of the year. We're adding to it, no question. But um, yeah, I think we got a lot of quality stuff this year. I'm not, you know, we need to play it is the next problem. But uh, yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. And Audio I did get shipping struggle. notifications. Yes, right. And I did get shipping no- notifications on two other Kickstarters. So oh, nice. We'll be we'll be talking about those probably next podcast. Yeah, I'm hoping to get Mercurial in this month, but now it's pushed back to November, so I'll be getting that in November. The Dark Tower expansion shipping this week or next week, I believe. So that'll be coming in. And Soul Last Days of a Star reprint is January February timeframe. So. I'm excited about that. And supposedly monstrosity may actually happen, but I'll believe that Shut when I see it. The front door. Yeah. Seriously? No, nah, I, I I think it's <laughs> going to be a while. So who knows? Uh, the okay. perils of crowdfunding too. I could talk more about that, but I'm just going to let it go. Let it go. It's healthy to let things go, right? It's healthy to let things go. Yeah. Except your money. That one pisses me off, but what are you going <laughs> to do? Just be smarter with backing. All right. I think that's going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back next episode with David Thompson, uh, he of War Chest fame. And we are going to stroke David's ego and learn a little bit more about what makes him tick as a designer, his interest in injecting history into his games, and how he got to know Trevor Benjamin and how the two of them have become sort of a dynamic duo in board game design. So I'm looking forward to getting a chat with David next episode. In the meantime, you can check us out on the web at www.playgameslosefriends.com. You can find all our old episodes there. You can also check us out on Instagram at playgamelosefriends or on Twitter slash X slash whatever you call it now nowadays based off Elon Musk's uh, ego whims, who knows what, at PGLF show. You can also email us with questions about the show, comments, feedback, or sometimes <coughs> our contests at playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com. Yeah. Otherwise, 
wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google, Android, I don't even know them all, last.fm, is that still a thing? Just make sure you leave a uh-huh. review and rate the show. The can, and any feedback. The can still work? <laughs> any feedback is super helpful. helps us promote the show. We're asking everybody, if you like us, just please leave a, rate us three stars, four stars, five. Rate it. Rate it and leave a review. That helps us get the show out yeah. to more folks. And we really want to do that so we can get some more folks in here to enjoy sharing this hobby with. We don't do this for money, ladies and gentlemen. This is just for fun. All right. That's going to do it. Ken, any final words before we head out for the night? No. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a good evening. Yes, agreed. Play games, don't lose your friends. And we'll be back with some more Old King's Crown Talk next episode, as well as with David Thompson. In the meantime, enjoy, and we'll see you then. See you, folks. Later. Later.